Good evening, welcome. It's really lovely to be here again, gathered together, and welcome if you're watching this at home. Um, I think we should just pray together. If I'm really honest with you, uh, I've really been struggling personally, just backstage there, just wrestling and uh, feeling a sense of pressure from, from another source other than the Lord, which is never a good thing, right? So I think let's just pray, and then we're going to dive in. So Jesus, we declare here in this place that you rule and reign. And God, I pray for each and every heart and mind in this building and at home that we would be free from distraction, we would be free from fear, free from anxiety, free from the troubles of this world, wholly trusting, wholly depending upon you, God. Amen. Tonight I want to talk about the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to pray for him to come in increasing power amongst us and presence himself amongst us. We've been talking the last three weeks. uh, Our latest theme has been the invitation. We're inviting you to give up your lives and come follow Jesus because that's his invitation to you. But we're inviting us all into the journey beyond COVID. As we begin to journey out of this terrible time that we've been in, we don't want to simply just go back to the way things were. We don't simply want to go, oh, yeah, isn't it great we're back to normal? Yes, there are things that we are loving to have. Like today, we had some good friends around for a barbecue, and it was just like, oh, this is gold. Yes, please, Lord. But we don't want to just go back to church life just doing the same old things without questioning what we were doing in the past. There's going to be some things that we did in the past. We're like, yes, we're doing that, and we're going to continue to do that, and we can't wait to do that. And one of the things is we really want to sing. We really want to sing, and we're going to get there, I am sure. But we don't want to just simply go back without actually asking certain questions. We've talked about people of his presence. We talked about the power of community. And Chantel last week spoke about worship. And tonight I want to begin probably the next two, three weeks talking about the Holy Spirit, but also inviting the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus spoke about the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, uh, and this is what he had to say about it. Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. This is what Jesus foretold in John's Gospel. This is what Jesus foretold in the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, Acts 1, when he said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This was the first time that the disciples whom Jesus had left behind had received the Holy Spirit. They were together in one place. Something powerful and extraordinary happened in a corporate setting. Lots of what I'm talking about tonight is about this, the corporate setting. People in a room gathered together. It doesn't have to be in a room, by the way, but just people gathered together in one place. And what happened, it was like a violent wind filled the house and uh, some strange things happened. Tongues of fire rested on people. What seemed to be tongues of fire rested on people. Um, we, if you've been around the church, or you've been around kind of charismatic church for any number of time, you will have been in meetings, you would have been in places when you have seen and experienced the tangible presence of the Holy Spirit in more ways than just simply tongues of fire. Many were filled with the Holy Spirit, and this is the key point. It's about being filled, our actual physical spiritual beings being filled and manifested by the power. And one of the things that happened on that day were that tongues were a demonstration of the Spirit's power, that they began to speak in a strange and different language. Now, I want to frame all of this in the context of our history as a church, as a vineyard church. And some of you will know this story, but I am aware that there will probably be the majority of you will never know this. This is part of the vineyard heritage or part of the vineyard story. I'm reading from a book that we've many copies. If you want a copy of it, let us know. It's called Vineyard Values, and it's really, really helpful uh, explaining some of the things that we hold really dear within the vineyard church. And this is the story. This is how it goes. It's on Mother's Day 1980. So what's that? 41 years ago. John Wimber, who was... He was kind of the founding father of the Vineyard Church, had a unique experience at the church he pastored in Yorba Linda, California. John was from a Quaker tradition and was respected voice teaching leaders about church growth through evangelism. John had invited a guest speaker named Lonnie Frisbee to teach at their evening service. Lonnie was a hippie who was part of what became known as the Jesus People Movement in the late 1960s in Southern California. John's church was filled with young people and they gathered to worship as usual that night. Lonnie got up to speak and at the conclusion of his message he prayed a prayer that has been prayed by many throughout church history. It was a simple prayer, one that has become one of the most important prayers we pray across the vineyard family of churches. The prayer was simple, come Holy Spirit. In his prayer the church of Jesus has been praying in many forms over many centuries. That night, that night when the three-word prayer was prayed, all heaven broke loose in John Wimber's community. An entire movement of churches has in many ways grown around that prayer. After that gathering, deeply encountered by the Holy Spirit, young people poured into the streets, leading hundreds, then thousands, to faith in Jesus. Miracles followed their simple prayers, such as healings of bodies and minds, as well as deliverance from addictions, and I could go on. This is where much of what we know began. Uh, my history goes back to uh, a sleepy, very middle class, very lovely darling um, village in Hertfordshire, which is near from where I'm from, called Chorley Wood. Very leafy, lovely houses, 
lovely middle-class church called St. Andrew's Church, Chorley Wood. John Wimber visited it three years later in 1983. The then minister of the church was a man um, called David Pitches. David was a bishop in the Church of England and had been a bishop in Chile. And he had seen the wonders of God, the miracles of God. He'd seen the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit in Chile, but he'd never really seen it in leafy suburban England. And when he'd heard about this lunatic guy called John Wimber with all these Californian kind of Hawaiian shirts on, he came over and all heaven broke loose in my home church in 1983. It was a shame because I didn't start going to the church until about seven or eight years later. So I kind of missed that one. But things were still happening then. The Holy Spirit was still doing his thing then and has continued to. And it's been part of my heritage over the years. But the Holy Spirit didn't pour out just in 1980. It didn't start just with, a whim, with Wimber and the vineyard. We haven't got the, um, we haven't got the, 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 the kind of the slice of it just to ourselves. It's been something that's been going for years. I want to briefly read this. This is from two absolute legends in the vineyard. In fact, uh, they're called Steve and Cindy Nicholson. Um, Steve spoke to a number of our leaders a number of years ago, and Cindy spoke in our church just a couple of years ago. And they wrote this, Come Holy Spirit did not originate with John Wimber. We are merely the latest generation to embrace it. It has its roots back in the earliest prayers of the first church fathers and mothers. The first generations after the apostles to carry the flame of the gospel forward. Come Holy Spirit is a direct, bold request for the Spirit to do the work the Father wants to do in us. And to be the fire that propels us out to do the work the Father wants to do through us. The words are not magic. In brackets, oh, how many times have we found that out the hard way? We have to actually expect the Spirit to accept our invitation. Otherwise, it's a bit like standing inside our home saying, come on in to someone standing outside, but never actually opening the door. There are many misunderstandings about the Holy Spirit right across the whole body of Christ. For new believers and even followers of Jesus within our context of church, there is still a degree misunderstanding of the person of the Holy Spirit. The Alpha Course does an incredible job describing who the person of the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does, and how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I am not going to begin to attempt to cover those three brilliant sessions in the remaining minutes before we do pray. But I do want to just highlight a few things of what the Holy Spirit does. Let's just assume we're all in agreement that the Holy Spirit is God and is a person of the Trinity. Let's just assume that's who he is. And now let's look at what he does. The first thing is the Holy Spirit reveals the Father and the Son. In John 15, uh, Jesus said, When the Advocate, that is the Holy Spirit, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. 
And he talks loads in John. You want to read more about it and understand the Holy Spirit. Jesus does a great job. John does a really good job documenting it. It's there for you to, to, to read. The Holy Spirit always points us towards Jesus and towards the Father and speaks on their behalf. Jesus ministered himself in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, let's move on quickly. Secondly, he dwells within us. Now the one who has uh, fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And then in 1 John, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his Spirit. When we give our yes to Jesus, when we, when we prayed the prayer or whatever we decided, that's when the Holy Spirit comes within and dwells within and fills that, that God-shaped hole. That God-shaped hole's not in the Bible. It's just a way of us understanding him actually residing and living within us. The third thing the Holy Spirit does is he convicts us and frees us. In 2 Corinthians, says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, we're being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit convicts us of our sins. When we've done something wrong, it's like, oh, it just, you know it's the Lord. You know he's kind of tapping you on the shoulder and saying, hey, Paul, the way you spoke to that person, right, Lord, okay, sorry about that. The time when we're, our thoughts kind of get the better of us and we're kind of going down a whole path towards something which, and the Holy Spirit just, it just prompt, you know, yes, Lord, okay. If we're prepared to listen to him and obey him, because that's a whole different matter. But the Holy Spirit comes to convict, but to free us. We're being transformed. We're becoming more like him. Because as we begin to obey that still small voice and not live in guilt and not live in shame, because he doesn't want us to do that, he transforms us from the inside out. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not by works. It's not by following rules or regulations or religion. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Go read the book of Romans, especially 6, 7, and 8. It will really, really help understand it's all about the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And that leads us on to other attributes known as fruits. In Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We did a whole teaching series on this way back when. I remember sitting in our sunroom week after week with a dog jumping over the top of us, talking about this and talking about that. And, and it seemed to be a, a fairly good, we thought it was quite good anyway. Um, but they're the byproducts, the fruit of the Spirit. They're the byproducts. I've said this time and time again, you know. Um, I didn't used to be very patient. I'm now incredibly patient. I mean, just ask and tell. Ask my children. They'll just say, oh, Paul, you've just got... I used to... I'm impatient in lots of things. But the Lord has been teaching, and the fruit of the Spirit in me is changing me and making me more like him. The last thing I want to mention that the Holy Spirit does is he gives us power and gifts to do the Jesus stuff. So, Acts 1, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? To be my witnesses in all those different places. 
not only does he give us the power of the Holy Spirit, but he gifts us as well. And we'll maybe dive into that in the next couple of weeks or so. Gifts of the Spirit mentioned four times in the New Testament, and there's a whole list of these different things. They're like tools. It's like a toolbox that God gives each one of us, and each one of us is uniquely wired and individually apportioned the gifts. I believe we're all, we can exercise all of the gifts, but I think there's usually two or three that we're strong in that God specifically gives to us. Why? To serve Him and to serve the body of Christ and to serve a broken, hurting world. They're not badges that we wear. They're gifts or tools that we use. I mentioned my experience earlier. Uh, I became a Christian really briefly, uh, 16, 17 years of age. I was really anxious, really uptight, really worried about certain things. Started praying, thought, flip me, I'm praying. What am I praying for? This is ridiculous. I'm a teenager. I should be going out doing this, that, the other. I started going to church. I went to the local church. Beautiful, old, it was called St. Lawrence, beautiful, flint, Church of England, quintessential village, lovely church. No offense, boring as anything, only young person. Well, that's not strictly true, only cool young person. Um, that's really bad and really out of order to say, but sorry. Um, it's never in the notes when I go off. Um, but I never really met Jesus. I, I prayed and I had a certain conviction, should I say, and I'd given my life to him. And I'm not criticizing the church. I know it comes across that I am incredibly faithful men and women. I just knew that when I went to another church, my, ch my church in Chorley Wood, it's when they did worship like we, we do worship. I was like, wow, there's something different here. And at the end of the service, they always had what was known as the ministry time. When they invited people to come forwards to receive prayer. And I remember those first few times striking up the courage to walk to the front of the church and allow a stranger to say, hello, what would you like prayer for? And then praying for me. I remember, oh my goodness, it took such courage to come out. But see, when I got there, see when I encountered the Lord, oh my goodness, it was like my previous experience was like running off a battery and suddenly it was like I was being plugged into the mains. That's how I can describe it. Just incredible encounter of God. And you can't begin to explain it except you just know it's going on inside. And it's powerful. And it's amazing. And it's wonderful. The Holy Spirit in corporate setting. Much of what I've spoken about is just that. We call it ministry time. And when we pray, come Holy Spirit, we're believing that it, he's already here, but we're petitioning, welcoming more of him, inviting more of his power, more of his presence, more of his peace in our lives. It's important, though, that as I say these things to mention that we never hype up the Holy Spirit. We never create... Um, a Holy Spirit kind of mood. So we're not going to have lovely, beautiful music playing and a smoke machine and a, and a, uh, a disco ball kind of creating an ambiance. John Wimber, whenever he talked about this sort of stuff, 
the people in the room would get excited because they knew what was coming. They knew like this incredible encounter was going to come. And he deliberately just said, right, that's it. Let's, uh, let's go for coffee. Let's, let's have a comfort break. Whiz off to the toilet, whatever you need. And he dispelled that whole thing of creating the moment. We cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit. We cannot hype him up. The Holy Spirit, as our friend Mike used to teach, the Holy Spirit comes down. We don't hype him up. And we cannot get in the way. It has to be God. And so the invitation is twofold this week. Uh, the first is an invitation, firstly, to him. Instead of inviting you, we're inviting him. We're saying, come. Come, Holy Spirit. And then secondly, the invitation is to receive. It's for all of us here in this room and at home watching to receive the Holy Spirit, his power, his presence, all that he has for us. The invitation going forwards is, what is this going to look like? Because we can't actually invite you to the front. And neither can we invite others to lay hands on you at this moment in time. But we believe that the Holy Spirit is still here and still at work. And so for now, you're just going to have to lay hands on yourself. You're just going to have to go, come Lord, come Lord. It hurts here, Lord. And you're just going to do that yourselves. We'll lead it, we'll pray, but you're just simply receiving and it's just you and him. We have deliberately had prayer ministry over Zoom for the last year. There were times when no one went for prayer ministry over Zoom. And in many ways, I don't blame you, because it's a pretty unusual experience. It's a pretty unusual sort of thing. But to be totally fair to Chantel and Jules, they both persisted with it every week. They had a team of people ready, waiting on Zoom for any of you to receive prayer. And over weeks and months, many of you availed of that. And the people on the prayer team will tell you they had some incredible times, some incredible encounters with people receiving. And so prayer ministry can be re um, received over Zoom. At our life group on Wednesday evening at the allotment, we prayed for dear, uh, our dear friend Hugo. And he was, he was just part of the group sat apart from one another and we just prayed so come holy spirit come with your power come we speak wellness and healing over your body and your life right now ministry time just you and him practicing his presence at home in your bedroom in the car on the toilet in the shower wherever it is just simply saying lord i'm here welcome your presence welcome you we need him we need his presence we need his power more of him less of me i've spoken loads about prayer in this context in the room and we're going to pray for that right now um, but it's important to say that actually it doesn't have to happen just in church right so i've said it can happen at home on your own and all that sort of stuff but when we read the Gospels and we read about the manifest presence of God's power, it always happened out in the streets. Nearly always happened out in the streets. 
from place to place, village to village, home to home. And so let's not limit God to just when we get together in the room. We're going to, let's stand. You guys are, it's all a bit mechanical, isn't it? I know it is. Can't change it yet, I'm afraid. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just simply going to pray. The worship band are not going to lead us. Uh, they're going to receive too. If you hear a big thud, it's Sergi hitting the deck. Wouldn't that be a blessing? Oh, come on, that was good. <laughs> we're just going to pray. And we're going to invite him with this simple prayer. Come, Holy Spirit. We wait for you now. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 